Welcome back to Chasing the Hug, Wayne County's number three podcast behind My Life as a Cat and Todd's Garden Gnome Tour Hour. Todd's Garden Gnome Tour Hour. We are here and you are there. I am Steve Sachs. It's tagging with me in this trios match. Actually, it would be a quad match. It's a quad match. Who's my tag team partner? I'm Nick Johnson. Jason Fleener. And we brought back a special guest, but you don't know him yet because he'll be actually introduced in the next episode. Your name? (laughs) My name is This Will Be Cleaned Up in Post. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm Brian Cox, a longtime friend, I hope, of uh, all three gentlemen. I think I've known Steve and Nick the longest, maybe tied for the, the longest, and Jason a few years. Nobody wants to know producer Jason. Yeah, I, you know, I've wanted to talk to you, Nick, a long time about six-man football in Texas. I, I want to oh. go take you to Texas and let you watch six-man football. I'm it, assuming it's still there, because I, I haven't lived there since 93. Yeah, six-man, I think, is still there in the periphery. I know above that, in like Oklahoma's and out west, there's eight-man still a big deal. Yeah, six-man, that's that's exciting football. But anyway, yeah, yeah no, thank you for letting me. Nick's anything about that. He's about five guys, six-man. All of those things are good. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. You know, everybody loves this part of the segment. They love the dad jokes. And a special shout out to uh, my cousins-in-law, Deborah, Amber, and Amanda, who are new fans and longtime listeners now. We've got some really great dad joke segments. And today's dad joke is uh, really interesting. So I had a buddy who was a police officer. Uh Uh, His name is Eric. And uh, Eric used to do a lot of traffic stops. And one time he pulled a guy over. And he walked up to the car and he said, I need your license and registration. The guy hands him his license and he looks it over and he says, hey, it says here that you're supposed to have glasses, some type of ocular enhancement. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I got contacts. And Eric says, I don't care who you know. You're under arrest. <laughs> I, I'm going to give that a four just because of <laughs> ocular enhancement. You, you needed me to tell that joke. You did need Secretly, me to tell Secretly, Steve it. told me that one last night. He's like, you got to run with it, man. Yeah. Like, and he I have down, contacts. He's like, but I don't know if I'll say it correctly. I mean, you, that's you the same right. tone You I sold used. it. No. It just no. wasn't, you know, your best. But drum ocular me. enhancement. Drum, yeah, you just, you'd so Nick Johnston. Drum me. You don't need to drum me. That. Drum me. There we go. This is our New Year's episode, right? Happy New Year to Happy all of you. Happy New Year to you. This is 2023. How are we, how are we doing so far in this year? We're killing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're the number three podcast w- with a Have bullet. You listen to Todd's uh, Garden Gnome Hour. Absolutely. Yeah. Garden yeah. Gnome Tour. We don't want to Garden Gnome Tour start any beef between us and Todd. Well, yeah. I mean, Todd. It, Todd's an old friend, mm-hmm. and you know, I gave him some help with some guidelines. And uh, no, literally, he's old. He's like 96, I think. Yeah. That's what I said. He's an old he's Quaker. Old he's an old friend. I do. <laughs> Just try to do what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of New Year's and and trying to make 2023 better than 2022, because we all um, I, we would say that 2022 wasn't a great year. Um, a lot of things happened in 2022, but we always look forward. No matter what happens the previous year, you always look forward to the next year. Always the expectation is this is going to be the year. And I believe it will be for each and every one of you out there. But more importantly, me, um, I want you to know that. Uh, you know, there's a thing called resolutions and in a new year, you kind of think of, OK, what can I do to make myself better, make those around me better? So I'm going to ask the group here, what were or are your New Year's resolutions? We'll start with Jason. Hey, I think I want to drop some LBs. Uh, I think that's a common goal that everyone wants to do. Linebackers. No, pounds. Oh, and uh, also continue on my photography business and hopefully bring in more income so I can buy more things that are fun to play with, like drones and cameras. Okay. I mean, interesting. Anything in particular you're going to do to uh, help with the LBs dropping? Uh, eat less. 
Okay. Sounds difficult. Yes. It is. Okay. We'll talk about that one. Moderation okay. is the biggest key. If yeah. you want to be successful in any kind of diet, you just got to make sure you're not uh, going cold turkey. You're eating mm-hmm. some turkey, just less of it. Yeah. Yes. Develop a nutrition plan. Yes. Not really a diet. I know how to do this. What are you, like a certified strength and conditioning coordinator? He's yes. a certified G, and you can't teach that. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. How bing you doing? Bong. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to need some type of primer on this because I'm not familiar with this term diet or exercise. I'm not familiar with that. Me neither. It's a soft, it's a soft E. Yeah. Exercise. <laughs> exercise. Yes. The, yeah, right, what about the, you? What do you got? I, I want to be able to. Uh, Finally, go without socks. So I'm thinking about braiding my toe hair or shaving my toe hair. My man. Um, I also, this may be my biggest goal. I want to be the public address announcer for the 2023 NCAA champions Ooh, in baseball. Oh, happen. wow. That's what I want to do. And then finally, I want to see Jason smile more. That's going to be my New Year's resolution. Hey, can we talk about this? Because the audience, they don't see this. Yeah. And, and he's a curmudgeon. I mean, an no, absolute curmudgeon. I think he's just very serious. So, you know, I saw him at a, a high a school attack. basketball game that I was uh, doing PA for, and he kind of sidled up to me. I'm a big Seinfeld fan, so he kind of sidled up to me, and, you know, I was kind of like, oh, there's Jason. I know Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Said, Hi to Jason. And it was, hi. You know, yeah. I just I want more excitement. And, from and Jason. you know why he's at those games? To make money. To make money. He is a talented photographer. He it's is. Good. But the problem is, if you can't go up to him and feel comfortable asking him for his product, then how is he making money? Well, let me let me double down on that there, uh, Coach Sack. I even offered to give him a plug to the very people in the gymnasium. And you know what he said? Nah. Nah. Nah, don't do that. And I go, hold on. You're trying to make this a for-profit venture, correct? He goes, yeah. Well, let me sell it. I'm pretty good on the mic. You let me sell it. You're great on the mic. I'm a shy and person. I like hiding in my That's cage. why I was so going to be wait, your wait, conduit. Yeah, you so didn't want it. He, you, you put it on your website. You put it out there in social media yes. that you're trying to get people to buy these photo- photos of you, Jane of these kids. Yes. And, and you want them to hire you directly to take photos well, of their kids. Yes. But yet you don't want him to plug the business of which you're trying. Why are you there otherwise? In the audience. That's a good question. Are you a groomer? <laughs> yeah, and these are <laughs> well, these are proper kid photos, too. I like some of that stuff you see on the Twitter. Twitter there. Uh, sports photography. Let's get that clear. Sports, sports entertainment yeah. photography. <laughs> sports entertainment photography. What do you got, Nick? Well, it's just interesting because I know what producer Jason is going to do with the money that he gets from this side hustle of his. He's going to buy uh, silver hatchets and clear plastic to cover his floor. So uh, he never tells me why, but he always invites me over to read the Wall Street Journal and drink wine. I've never taken him up on it yet. I wonder but. why you have a lot of 55 gallon drums in your yeah, 55 gallon. Huey Dexter. Lewis in the news. Yeah. Dexter. <laughs> Earl Grad. Yeah, 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 actually, you know Lewis in the news. Yeah, that was one of my first cassettes. Sports. Yeah. Lewis. <laughs> Interesting <Hey>. note. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick Bateman. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's a lot like what you guys are saying. I want to change my nutrition plan because I don't believe in diets. I just believe in you know a nutrition plan, and had a lot of success uh, with Stephen in terms of uh, getting myself more fit. So I want to change my nutrition plan to get the last few uh, pounds off. I want to reclaim my sleep cycle, and maybe we should do an entire episode on how I'm trying to do that with. Uh, new tactics and techniques. I'd also like to be more helpful to those around me. That's what I'd like to do. And uh, I have a special challenge to Steve. I'd like to challenge him to be careful. Be careful how you talk around me. I'm, I'm laughing like Smedley or the little dog. That... <laughs> Wait, what? Fight. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I thought you were changing the segment. I'm like, I didn't even get to go. No, no, no. Steve, what about you? Well, you know, I look at it this way. I got to do one for me. 
one for us and one for them. Mm. So for me, I'd like to also uh, find a way to work some different things within the diet as well, too. I'd like to be able to, as we're going back to Florida, since we haven't been back in a long time as a baseball program, would like to work on that a little bit. Um, for us, I'd like to uh, make sure that my children, my wife is more involved within uh, what we do within the baseball program, mm. keeping them involved there, because I think that is key. And why I love the Division Three aspect of what we do is to be able to have my kids, my wife be a big part of this because as we know any successful organization is based on not just those that are in it but those you invite out of it to become part of it and then for them out there um, i would just like to be able to see if we can give back more to the community see if there's something else that we as a family can do uh, to help out as well too Uh, we try to do some things within our program but what can myself and my family do a bit more of for nick um, my new year's resolution for you this is my challenge for you okay Mm -hmm. a little bit more on the um the the true side Um, i challenge you that you can't complain about or during workout okay and then if you do you owe me a line of bicep curls and the line of curls means you start at the end, which would be the highest weight there is, going all the way down to the two and a half. That's how I got hurt the first and that, time. But, and I know you've got to, if you're going to continue to complain about this bum left arm you have, then I'm going to make sure you hold yourself to this part of it so you can no longer complain prior to the workout, during the workout. I'll allow you post-workout to say that was difficult. Ooh, but if you've complaint. ever been in the wellness center when Nick is in there, um, I can tell it's a good workout when his mouth is shut. <laughs> When it's a workout that's not challenging him, the dude just continues to talk. And so that is my challenge to you, my good friend here in 2023. I have, a, I have a quick question. When you were injured, was the when? Oh, I was, no, no, no. When, W-H-E-N. When you were injured most yeah. recently. Um, is that a potential workman's comp claim for the Chasing the Hug podcast? I mean, I have an attorney friend that I could put you in touch with. Oh, we've got to research that. Yeah. Why are you looking at me? Because we're going to sue you. Yeah. We're going to sue your yeah. pants off, producer but, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> an attorney friend of mine was involved with Chip and Joanna Gaines, and uh, he ultimately sued them. So oh. I think he can maybe help out. Wow, I forgot. You know, this dude is so connected. Like, yeah. we got to have a whole episode about the celebrities that he's connected to. He's connected. He's a connected guy. Here we go. Next segment. Did you, did you challenge the rest of us, though? I did. Well, I didn't know they were going to be here. Oh. I just challenged it. Do you have a challenge for them? Be careful how y'all talk to me. Oh. I'm, I'm going to help you with the getting out to the broader community for your program. <laughs> That's what you. I'm going to help. Thanks so much. Yeah. Speaking of the broader community, we have questions about movies and television and, and cinema. And uh, one of our big things is obviously horror films, but also like science fiction and things like that. And there's this debate. What's better, practical effects or computer generated effects? And so just asking amongst a group of friends here, what do you guys think about CGI versus practical effects in films? Oh, as as the guest, I'll start, you know, just boss hog my way into this. I'm a bigger fan of practical. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. CGI ruins a movie because it's too over the top. And as an example, this isn't a horror movie, per se. Uh, This is Mission Impossible. When (laughs) when Tom Cruise is thrust in the in the train tunnel and then the helicopter blade, you know, just scratch, you know, uh, all of that was woefully unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's dramatic, it's cinematic, but it was un- completely unnecessary. Right. Now, you you extrapolate that to horror films and things like that. Um, I'm a much bigger fan of the nuance, practicality. And I think that's uh, gives you a more visceral fear. 
I would 100% agree with you when you look at practical effects. In fact, you can compare some things because we're getting to the age, or at least I am, that movies are being remade now right. that were new when I was a kid. So my perfect example is Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles with the actual being in the costume, them being the Ninja Turtles compared to what would be the 2014-ish movie Bay that Turtles. had um, you know Megan Fox and where it's all CGI turtles. It's, it's not the same for me. You look at Gremlins. Gremlins as practical effects was much better probably than what they could have done if they went CGI. CGI just runs its course. I can look back and watch, you know, any of those movies from the 80s or early 90s that did practical effects. I'm saying, okay, you know, they're a little maybe campy, but they hold up. Mm -hmm. If you go back and you look at the mummy uh, or, or what was the one with the rock? He was Scorpion in King. Scorpion King. The original the, mummy returns when yes. Scorpion King comes and, out. Of and he comes out and you look at how bad that was. But at the time, it probably was OK. Um I just don't think it holds up as well. Yeah, as the technology progresses, it makes those things look worse. And it, it, back to the practicality part, uh, Halloween, the original Halloween, one of the most scared I've ever been is when Michael Myers, you know, when she's looking out the window from the second floor story and he's down and then she looks back and he's not there. I that, love that movie. The, to this day, I look out my windows and freak out. And, that that's, such, and I'm, I'm sure that wasn't the first time that it you know, was ever put on film. But I mean, that gives you a, a visceral fear of like, right. oh my gosh. If you like disappointment in your life, though, watch the last Halloween that no. just came out <laughs> you there. Heard us talk it about is that. horrific. That's also why I'm still a little freaked out swimming in lakes. Thanks to Friday the 13th. Uh, the original one. But uh, uh, anyway, I would have to say I, I enjoy both, but I, you guys are thinking past movies. I think current cinema, I like both. And I think Current cinema, when it comes to practical effects, Christopher Nolan and yeah. his movies, he yeah. does as many things as possible uh, physical. So like in The Dark Knight, he literally dropped a plane out of the sky right. and, uh, and he bought a plane for Flipped that. Flipped a truck. He grew a field of corn for um, Interstellar yep. and then sold the money off. And then in the upcoming Oppenheimer movie he made with uh, Cillian Murphy, like they learned how to make a three- mm -hmm a try explosion for the film. Right. It's pretty cool. But then on the other hand, I thoroughly enjoy uh, CGI. I just watched Avatar 2 when it came out recently, and I would have to say that is the most visually stunning movie I've ever watched. It was just amazing. But do you think that's going to hold up in 2034? I think it will. I, okay. I went back and watched the... When did the first Avatar release? 20, 2003, was it? Somewhere. Yeah, no, early early no, 2000s, yeah, but... I went back and watched that, and that still holds up pretty darn well. Yeah, no, I did. I agree with Jason. I like both. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the old school practicality, but as technology advances, there's a way to combine the two that really gets you what you want. And you look at something like The Mandalorian, if you've seen that, there's a combination of practical and CGI effects. Uh, you know, practical effects is a true art, and you have to be able to do it right. CGI can take us to fantastic places and realms. I mean, a lot of the scenes in the background of The Mandalorian, the background of... Uh, the new The Batman movie where they're standing on that uh, rundown building. You can see all of Gotham City. It's just a wall of screens where they project the image on it. The volume. The volume is what yes. it's called. Yes. And so I think having the, the two um, together is really good. But if I had my druthers, as they used to say back in the day, uh, watching the old stuff, 
with the practical effects. It really means a lot to me. And I think it's one of those things, you know, you mentioned, you know, Avatar, Mandalorian. There's a lot of money and quality behind those yes. CGI's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it, I guess it's like anything else. You get what you pay for. So really good CGI that's done really well. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. But can't we look at it as the same way we looked at how Nintendo or PlayStation 1 first came out and how the graphics were unbelievable? And then you look back and you look at what we have now for PS5 and all that and say, man, that was horrible. I mean, I, I don't see how that's not the case. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm an RBI boss on the original. RBI. <laughs> I forgot about boss. RBI. But uh, no, I understand completely what you're saying. And you're right. But technologically speaking, it, I think those movies of today probably will hold up a little longer. Okay. What's the best practical effect you've seen in a movie that really stuck with you? Um, the American Pie Pie. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a bing bong, isn't it? Or something. <laughs> That's the no, bell. Sorry. That's bing bong. Bing bong is B. <laughs> the American Pie Pie. That really shot mine out of the water. I was going to say, like, uh, who remembers um, the thing with Kurt Russell in 1982? Mm-hmm. That, that, that creature. Um, also, American Werewolf in London, the, the transformation. Uh, that's a strong one. What about the gopher in Caddyshack? I love Caddyshack. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not bad. The gopher is oh, a little bad. campy. I would say the alien and aliens. Alien, uh, the, the chest burster? Yeah. Or, or the actual Xenomorph. I would say a lot of those things all because of all of yeah. it happens in there. I would say the T-Rex from the first Jurassic World. Yeah. When he comes through the fence in the rain. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That was practical for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum and the Fly. That one stuck with me for that. That movie disturbed me for a long, long time. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. We're out of Halloween, but into a new year. And in the new year, you know, there's things that happen that we just can't explain. In fact, in any year, there's things that happen you can't explain. Um, with us, as much as we talk about horror movies and talk about the afterlife and that, uh, we have Brian here. And Brian has a story of a paranormal experience that he was involved with that I think he needs to share to our listening audience because it is golden. It is great. And a little bit spooky. Brian, can yeah. you kind of go into that story you're telling me about? Absolutely. So this is a, you know, I'm going to preface this 100% true story. And this happened in the Dallas Metroplex, metropolitan area. Uh, I worked for some guys that owned a baseball card shop. And we traveled around Texas going to baseball card shows. And we're in the Dallas area quite often. So they had uh, an apartment that we would go and stay at uh, for those times. And one of them had a friend who would take us to dinner sometimes. So we went to her aunt's house. Okay. Try to make this easily followable. So we go to this lady's aunt's house and we have dinner and the, the lady friend says, Hey, aunt Betsy, whatever her name was, get out the glass. And you know, we don't know what's going on. And she goes, Oh, you guys don't want to go. No, no, get the glass. So what the glass was, was this little shot glass type thing, but looked like a wine goblet. So picture, um, a little taller than a shot glass with a stem. Uh, so it had a, you know, a round base, maybe about the size of a nickel was the base, maybe a little bit bigger and then a, a short stem and then a goblety kind of wine thing. So it probably stood three inches tall around that height. So she lays out these letters and the yes or no. So in effect, it was kind of like a Ouija board, but mm-hmm. there was no board. It was just uh, picture paper scrabble tiles, but yeah. they're paper. And uh, maybe an inch, inch and a half square. So th- these are all on the table. 
and we there's maybe five of us around this round table and we each put our fingertip on the uh edge of the glass so she inverted it so oh, the, okay. the goblets on the table the stem is up high and you're putting your fingers on the edge we're of putting the... our fingers on the edge of the of the Basically base so. of the glass and only only I know how much pressure I was putting on the glass, right? I can't, you know, pretend it's us here at the table, the yeah. four of us. Uh, I wouldn't know how much pressure you're putting on, Steve, or you, Nick, or, or you, Jason. But I know how much pressure I'm putting it on. So we go around the table asking questions, and this glass moves. Ma- moves to the letters or moves to yes and no. And again, you know, it, the diameter of the glass, as I mentioned, kind of maybe a nickel size-ish. And with the pressure and the speed it was moving, I think it would be so easy for it to flip over, right. you know, or tip over, but it never tipped. And I, you know, it's hard to describe uh, over the internet or radio, but I wasn't putting much pressure on it. I was just kind of keeping my finger on it. So it comes to my turn to ask questions. So being a natural born cynic, I'm thinking, okay, this is all horse bleep. Yeah. I bleeped it for you, coach. Thank you. Um, and Jason so that. I start out with, am I going to be famous? And it, the glass moves to no. Am I going to be rich? The glass moves to yes. Well, I'm pretty happy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even though I'm not a believer of all this, I still, okay, I'm going to be rich. Will I be married? Yes. I'm like, no, I'm never doing that. I'm not getting married. Yeah. And I, I should say at the time, I'm probably 15, 16, somewhere in that, that age group. Will I have kids? Yes. No. Heck no. See, I cleaned that up too for uh, the radio audience. Oh, man. Uh, heck no. I don't want kids. They're going to cost me money, prevent me from doing the stuff I want to do. That's what they do. Right. So, so what's the name of my wife? And it spells out a name. The name it spells out, I knew one person with that name. It was somebody I knew in grade school. And keep in mind, I'm in high school at this time. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to, no way. So fast forward a few years, I moved to Indiana, moved to Indiana in 1993. Get a job at the bank here in a local bank old. here in town, 20 years old. That's right. Cause I'm going to be 50 pretty soon. So get a job at a bank and, um, a few months, I started in January of 93 in April of 93, I start, there's one of my coworkers. We start dating. We move in together October of 93. We get married in 19, in November of 1993. Wow. Coming up on our 30-year anniversary, November of 23. Thank you. And her name is Suzanne. So we're married. Years go by. We have two children. Then seven years go by. We have a son, another two years, another son, and then another two years. We have a daughter. So we have five children. Somewhere in that realm of after my first son was born uh my best friend who i moved the reason why i moved up to india was with my best friend jared so we were talking and having a a bourbon bourbon aficionado Mm. so we're having some bourbon and we start talking about uh, the past and nostalgia and things like that and we the he worked for the same gentleman that i worked for too and we started telling stories and i told this story to his wife and as i'm telling it i remember the name it spelled out Suzanne. Wow. 100% true, legitimate, not, you know, misremembering like Roger Clemens, <laughs> who I love. 100% true. It spelled out Suzanne and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Wow. 
But true story. Because because uh, the reason why I know it was Suzanne, because I told you that I, I remember at the time the thinking one. of the only new one. And it was a, a girl named Suzanne that I went to grade school with. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to marry her. You know, I don't even and, know where she Lord is. Knows there's no one else in the world named Suzanne. Well, I mean, you know, in, in, your, in your circle of friends <laughs> or in your periphery at the time, there wasn't. Well, because Texas is its own state. It was Fact, its, own its own country. country. Yeah. It's all, yeah. It's a republic. <laughs> so, you know, you move and you, you, I mean, you completely forgot about it. Because that was, you know, when I moved here, that was three, four years ago. I mean, you know, a lot of life happens and you forget those kind of things. But that's a 100% true story. Wow. That's, that's kind of... That's really paranormal. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, as you know, you may be religious, you may not be religious, but certain religions, you know, don't necessarily subscribe to that type of thing. But I 100 percent believe that that's true, that there are things that, you know, that happen, a phenomenon that, you know, can't be explained or that there's legitimately forces and things that happen. You know, you, you mentioned at one time, you know, times you should have died. I absolutely there's at least two times that I absolutely should have died. Yeah. And I probably shouldn't have mentioned that. Well, we're going to have a show about it at some point. Yeah. There's going to be a whole show about yeah, it. Yeah. One of them involves bring gu- you back. One of them involves a gunfight that, you know, but it was Texas. So. Is it at the OK Corral? No, it oh. was at Lake Waco. It's Arizona. You're in Arizona, producer Jason. Mind your own business. But either one of you two, anything that you've paranormal, anything in your life? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, not really. Um, that I recall. So my wife had a paranormal experience. In college where she and her roommates were trying to close their shade uh, at night and it kept pulling back up uh, from the inside and they kept pulling it down. It would pull back up. And I think uh, and LJ, Jenny, she'll have to tell the story. But I think if I recall right, they pulled it down and then it came back up and like as it spooled and rolled, the uh, spool jumped off the uh, frame like it flew off like almost like a poltergeist and then something tapped the window really hard and they sprinted out of the room and had to go to uh the other dorm and stay the night with other teammates because they did not want to be back in that room i remember her telling me that story interesting uh specifically but i've never really had a uh that i can recall the paranormal experience although i do believe that there are principalities and other things that are out there that do happen in our lives and they happen for a reason i just want to go back brian really quick and say a lot of that uh, probably was true but one part was wrong when it said that you would not be famous, you're exclusively famous. Oh, I'm world famous all over town. That's yeah, right. that's We're right. Podcast. <laughs> yep. Jason, I I don't think I don't think I've ever had anything paranormal. It may have been forgetful, where I was like, did someone move this? Um, probably I moved it, and then totally are you a believer? About it. Nah, not yeah. really. What about deja vu? Is deja vu a manifestation of paranormal, I, or just I don't consider it paranormal. In my opinion, I don't consider mm. it paranormal, but I have had that where I'm like. I've been I think here I, before. I think yeah. I had this in a dream, and now I'm living it, and it's, this is weird. It's actually a glitch in the matrix. Maybe that. Maybe that. Yeah. I definitely believe. I definitely believe. In fact, I believed so much when I was a kid that I felt the only way for me actually to coexist with the ghosts that are around me is each night. I say, hey, yeah, you're more than welcome to be here. Again, I'm a little tiny little sack, five years old in my bed. I said, you can be underneath my bed. Baby you Steve? Can, yeah, baby Steve. <laughs> baby Steve. You can, be, you can be underneath my bed. You can be in my closet. I don't mind. You do your thing. Just all you're going to do is if you want to try to scare me, just give me a heads up that you're going to try to do this. And ever since then, we've had a great relationship. So they can be amongst me. All I just say is, man, just keep your keep your ghost in. To someone else. Yeah, you probably made him laugh. Is if you're gonna scare me, give me a heads up. Well, that well, negates the whole purpose. No, you should. What you should have done is like, hey, just protect me. I don't care what else happens to anybody else. Just protect me. Pardon me, sir. May we scare you now, Steve? Uh, not right now, please. I'm dreaming of baseball. Okay, we'll come back later. Uh, shut the door, Clarice. <laughs> 
puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> this has been great. You know, Brian, we love having you here. Uh, this is our New Year's episode. Happy New Year. Uh, we're sponsored today by Two Week Resolutions. Are you looking for an easy way out of a New Year's resolution? Want to seem dedicated but not motivated? Did you just vow to change how you eat but secretly intend to drink a bag of Kit Kat bites later? Try Two Week Resolutions. Yes, that's Two Week Resolutions, the only way to commit to not committing especially for this new year. That's T-O-O-W-E-A-K resolutions. Ask for Nick. We have been chasing the hug with us here and you there. Richmond's number three podcast. Again, another great episode. I have been Steve Saxitz for this episode. I'm Nick Johnson. Jason Fleener. Happily Brian Cox. Thank you. Bye. You're that paranormal. <laughs> 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 <laughs>